Competitor Nation, I do not say this often, but you better strap in because today is one of the best episodes we've ever had. What's up, Competitor Nation? Jake here, your Chief Encouragement Officer, and I do not say that lightly as today is one of the most powerful episodes we've had yet on the Compete Everyday podcast with over 300 of them, and today, man, it's special, it's fun. I get to welcome in John Martin of FitOps, and if you don't know John, if you don't know what FitOps is doing, they have an incredible organization They're doing some amazing work with veterans in the fitness space, and so I know some of that hits really close to home for y'all because you're either passionate about working out, about being fit, you're a coach in the fitness space, or perhaps you're a veteran or know someone who is. And so, man, John and I talk a little bit about FitOps. We talk a lot about growth mindset and life and just showing up every day and competing. Uh, When I say, man, we, we were in rhythm today on today's episode It's because both of us love the importance of competing. We love the importance of being mindful, of showing up, doing your absolute best in this moment, and then worrying about the next moment when that time arrives. So, man, I'm just going to continue to stress. I just finished recording the episode. I'm fired up, if you can't tell, as I'm recording the intro, and I'm excited to get to introduce you to John. But before we dive into the show want to remind you that you can support the Compete Everyday podcast by using the code word podcast at competeeveryday.com for 15% off anything in the store. Pick up one of the new summer releases, grab a copy of my book, Compete Every Day, or maybe pick up a flag to hang in your garage, in your office, or in your home. But whatever you want to do, if you're enjoying the content on Compete Every Day podcast, if you're getting something out of the show, head on over to competeeveryday.com, use the code podcast, save yourself 15%, but more importantly, support the show so that we can continue to have these great conversations to use episodes to help you better show up and compete every single day. Now, I'm excited to welcome in my man from FitOps, John Martin. John, welcome to the Compete Everyday Podcast. Uh, So good to be here, man. Thank you for having me. Uh, you bet, man. I'm excited. I, I laughed at, right before we hit record. You and I were just riffing on an awesome conversation that uh, I was like, man, we got to hit record. We just yeah. got to get the show going because we connect so incredibly well. Before we dive into having a little more conversation around that, I would love to get a snapshot of the work you do right now at the foundation as well as what the foundation's about. Sure. I'd uh, love to. And again, thanks for having me. I know it's always interesting when when I, when I jump on these to talk to people from all over the country, you know, right away when you made a connection with somebody who shares a similar ideology. And uh, but let me give you kind of a, a snapshot on both who I am, but way more importantly, who who FitOps is and what we do. Uh, the FitOps Foundation is a national nonprofit that works to uh, re-inject or amplify uh purpose within our United States military veterans, the conduit that we use to reamplify that purpose is physical fitness. And so if you are an active duty reservist or transitioning veteran, um, and you find us at FitOps and you have an affinity and a passion for fitness, and you want to come down and train with us, it is a three-week uh, all-inclusive training program where you will be led by some of the most Uh, phenomenally gifted instructors, both from the military space and civilian space. You will leave us with a national level certification as a personal trainer. 
But I think what you'll also find and what we hear from our 300 plus uh, graduates that are all across the country right now is that uh, the way they're able to step into their civilian lives with renewed purpose, but also a plan, a plan of action uh, is really what the game changer is for our vets. Uh, they come from every walk of life you could imagine, represent every branch of service. Um, and, and their biggest goal is to learn as much as they can about the fitness space. Some, some come to us with uh, a lot of experience in the fitness space and some with none, just a real passion for it and are looking to get out of the military and transition into a civilian career where they're, they're uh, super excited about going to work every day. And, and that's what FitOps does for them. My role within the foundation uh, is I oversee our national aftercare and support efforts for our graduates. So when our graduates complete their three weeks of training with us in Northwest Arkansas, um, that's when I really can wrap my, my heart around them and my hands around them and make sure that they're getting the support on the mental health side of the field uh, that they need to continue their journey uh, post-service and post-FitOps. And so they graduate from us, they go back into their cities and towns, and I, and as well as the team that we have, is a constant and daily resource for them should they need us for any type of support whatsoever, whether it's job placement, uh, mental health support, substance abuse support, uh, family um, struggles, whatever they need, we want to try to be um, one of the mechanisms in their in their bag of tricks that can help them keep moving forward. I love that. And, and I really want to dive into a couple of things that maybe our listeners aren't as aware of. And, and what I loved was you talking about purpose. And I can't help but think about Viktor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning and, and the importance of having that purpose, having that meaning with life especially with veterans and, and what I've learned, because you go from so much structure, you have missions, you have tasks, you have activities to civilian life. And that's a struggle that most people listening probably don't understand if they don't have any military background or people. And what I, I love to compare it very loosely, and, and this is a poor man's description of it's an athlete that's been a college pro athlete, had the regimen, had the training, knows it, and suddenly the career is over, and they have no idea what to do. And we've talked about it from an identity standpoint on the show, but man, from a whole world being shaken up from a purpose standpoint, that's a big change for veterans. Can you talk to a little bit about that? And Because I think that's so integral to what y'all do of, of helping renew that purpose and give them that focus. Yeah, I think I think you used another term that is really central and at the heart of a lot of the work we do, and that is around identity. And you know, the the example you used was around the professional athlete or the elite level athlete. Um, and when you talk about folks in the military, they represent one percent, right? And they are the one percent of the population that raised their right hand and they said, "I will go," and "I will do," um, but for a large number of them because of the structure, because of the regiment, because of the discipline, that becomes their identity. And their purpose for four years, eight years, 12 years, 20 years, their purpose has been mission driven, right? The military's primary responsibility is to keep dudes and like us safe and people safe. And when you're constantly in an operational tempo where that's what you're training for every single day, it's very, very easy to lose sight of who you are as an individual, right? And so the biggest issue that a lot of our transitioning vets face, of course, some of it has to do with their time down range, especially if they were in uh, environments that were less than welcoming, uh, which many of our vets have been, you know, post 9-11. 
Uh, but uh, the, the bigger issue is who, who am I now that I've donned the uniform? And what does wake me up in the morning and get me excited about competing every day against myself first uh, and against the civilian world around me? A lot of our guys and gals, uh, they believe that they don't have any transferable skills when they've left the, the operational tempo of the military and transition into the, the civilian world. They don't think that there's a natural crossover. And, and what we try to stress to them is we, we are a foundation first and foremost of empowerment. We don't believe in the narrative that a veteran or any human is broken. We're all flawed. We all have flaws, but we don't believe that anyone is broken. But we believe that because of their service, they are stronger, more resilient, and more prepared than the other 99% of us who never raised our right hand and put that uniform on. So it's about introducing them to concepts that may be familiar to them from military ideology and language, i.e. discipline, commitment, structure, accountability. But now we take those, those pillars and those benchmarks and we teach them how to transition those into the civilian world to fill the pages of their book with whatever they want to fill it with and know that they are still the same elite warriors they were in uniform their mission is now different and they get to decide what that mission is. That mission is not decided for them. Uh, but when you've been in a, an environment where you've been told this is what we're doing and you know how to do it and you execute flawlessly to now that environment no longer exists, you can execute in any way that you want. There's a lot of apprehension, a lot of trepidation. And so so that's what we work on the most within our camp is getting these guys and gals to understand, listen, all the same stuff you did, all of those skills you learned, you can employ them very, very successfully because you have what so many people don't have. You can learn the other stuff. Um, so we're, we're super proud of that. And, and we're seeing it work with our vets every day. Man, I love that. I love that. And, and it's so, it's so interesting hearing you the way you describe that, because I, I'll raise my hand. Like I, I had the disconnect from sports to life. And for me, like me what too. I learned in sports, yeah, I just, I didn't translate it over. And I never considered the military aspect until man, probably even five years ago when I connected with the, the nonprofit American dream you, because they do similar stuff in terms of going into bases, but they talk about entrepreneurship and they bring in entrepreneurs to say, listen, this discipline, this organization, managing people, like those are key skills in life, like that companies need. And so how do we understand that we already have those we built on, but how do we communicate it? And so I love, especially the fitness angle, which is incredibly important to so many of our listeners and how you're going about it. Now, what I'm curious about, because you, you teased it a little bit before we got off airs, how in the world did you end up here with FitOps? Uh. It was uh, a crazy happenstance, and um, uh, I'm, I'm going to name drop only once because it's relevant for the it's discussion, okay. um, but I, I typically don't do that. But my one of my closest friends, who's like a brother to me, is, is John Cena, the wrestler, actor. Um, he's the first kid I met in college, and uh, we've been close ever since. And... Uh, John and I share a very similar ideology around growth and, and mindset and constantly searching just to get a little just a little bit better every day through small, deliberate, correct actions. So so fast forward to or rewind, excuse me, to a couple of years ago, we were in New York City. John had a, 
a major event in New York and me being in Massachusetts, whenever we're around one another, we try to connect just because life has taken us in, in different directions. So we happened to go to a gym in New York City that I didn't know this at the time, but was owned by our founder and CEO of FitOps, a gentleman by the name of Matt Hesse. Uh, and Matt, obviously, because John was there that day, he put together a, a huge sort of professional development for all of his trainers at, at his gym in New York City. And one of the things he wanted to do was introduce the concept of FitOps to his trainers. Uh, and he thought the best way to do that was to bring in a speaker that had gone through the program. And I was just, man, my intention was just to go there and get a workout in with my buddy. And, you know, I, I wasn't thinking beyond that at all. Just happy to be with them. Let's go get a lift, meet some new people, have a good experience. And let's just get a little bit better today by doing so in the weight room. So uh, I had a chance to listen to one of our vets speak. His name was Bobby Summers. And Bobby's a, a Purple Heart recipient. He was blown up twice in Iraq on two separate missions, um, dealt with significant loss long before the military, but then in the military as well, and just kind of walked through his fit up experience. And with my background in mental health. Um, <clears throat> yeah. What were you doing in, in regards to that? Tell us a little bit about kind of who you were, what you were doing in terms sure. of life yeah. career. Yeah. So for, for the past 21 years, I had worked uh, as a full-time counselor with adolescents and families. So in a school setting um, and I dealt a lot with uh suicide prevention. I did a lot of work in trauma. Um, but, you know, as a school counselor working with adolescents, you kind of have to dip your toes in a lot of different modalities around psychology and counseling. But what, I always, what inspired you to go in that that route? Yeah, I love I could go. Uh, my father is the short okay. answer. Um, my father was my hero, my idol. He, he was a counselor in a in a one of the poorest communities in the state of Massachusetts for almost 40 years. And um, I watched how much he loved his work and uh, it was a natural pathway for me. So I, I truly wanted to follow in his footsteps because he was so, so good at what he did, but beyond how good he was, he just loved it. Um, and even 35 years in, I would still see him go to work with the same passion that he, he went to work with probably long before I was born. So got into counseling because of my old man, fell into the school route because I was a big sports guy. So I wanted to be able to coach. Um, so I was coaching football for 20 years and, and working with kids and families during the day. And then I go to New York with John. And I tell him all the time, you're the one who flipped my life upside down and, and uh, found fit apps. And I couldn't, my, my heart just told me two things that day. One, I had to get to know Bobby a little bit more and didn't know what I could do to help him, but gave him my number that day and we, we spent a couple hours talking that afternoon um you fast forward to today and i'm now the godfather of his daughter um he's a he's a texas guy like you just outside of dallas um talk to him all the time and then i was i felt really compelled to speak to matt the founder and ceo not with the intent of looking for a job at all i was very happy doing what i was doing uh, but I wanted to find a way to give thanks instead of say thanks. And so I just asked him if, you know, told him a little bit about what I did and um, told him that I'd love to volunteer at one of his camps, just come down and do some work with the vets, anything he wanted. I, I wash dishes, I clean, I don't care. I'll do, it doesn't matter to me, you know, like I'll, I'll just, I just want to be around them. I want to see what it feels like. I want to see if it, it resonates with me. 
so I went down there and did some programming with them around uh, growth mindset and uh, really the nature of what you guys talk about every day too. compete every day, like small, deliberate, correct actions every day are going to move you in the right direction. Right. And so I did that. The feedback was really good. I did a couple more camps as a volunteer. And then Matt pulled me aside and said, we'd love to have you on board full time. And the rest is history, man. I, I walked away from a 21 year career and now do this full time. I love it. Uh, well, one of the questions I have that, that I can't help but ask is, for someone that that's done counseling, you've worked with adolescents now with veterans. And you talked about really where this popped up is when you talked about your dad every day going into the, this tough area of Massachusetts and just every day serving that community, the mental and emotional toll that can take on you or that can take on your dad, especially in those situations where, man, they're in a tough spot and you just want to take on some of that pain and you can't, you're trying to help them. The reason I, I'm curious about how you learn to manage that from the, the uh, teaching side and then now kind of in this fit ops role is because for some of our listeners that, that are striving to be those leaders, there's those people that they, man, they're struggling with because their heart just goes out to them and, and they're trying to impact them and it doesn't feel like anything's working and it just eats them up alive. And so how do you still manage to show up like your dad did every day with that same passion for 30 plus 40, almost 40 years going through some of that, managing it yourself, because I think about my head and I think about our doctors and, and losing people on the table. And I think about our veterans and, and losing comrades in arms. And sure. how do you mentally keep showing up with that type of trauma, mental trauma? Yeah, it's honestly the best question anybody has ever asked me uh, on a podcast. And I, I will tell you that uh, when I first started, like anybody else that's young and new in a career, uh, you take it all with you. It, you, you can't help but not, right? At, neurologically, as people, we have zero control all, over our emotions. They're beyond our control. What we have complete control over is how we step into those emotions. But that takes time as we develop neurologically and we work to change some of the data we learned from when we were kids. But what I tell people all the time now is, is you, can, you don't have to take on somebody else's struggle to understand struggle. You don't have to take on somebody else's pain to understand pain. You can be empathetic without taking their pain with you. And what we know about growth, real growth and healing is that the only way somebody gets better is not by being hugged all the time and telling them it's going to be okay because they've heard that forever, right? The, the, the hugs and the support and the affirmation help in the moment, but what they don't do is transition any real skills that will equate to growth and mental strength and fitness. And so what I've learned is that if I have resources that I can provide people either through my experience, my personal experience, or my clinical experience, if I can provide somebody the resources and ask them to step in just a little bit just dip your toes and be willing to compete against yourself a little bit, then I will walk that road with you. But there are so many people out there that are starving for help and support and are willing to do the work behind that help and support that I no longer lose sleep over the ones that 
tell you they want the help and support, but then when they see what it looks like, they don't want it. They don't want it anymore, right? We're all all in. We're all all in until it's time to really be all in. And so, of course, we're human beings. And so I carry their struggles with me. But what I've learned over the years, you know, going on 25 years now of doing this, is what I've learned that I have to be extremely present in moments. And I have to do my absolute best in whatever moment I'm given right now. Right now, it's with you. So I got to give you everything that I have. And then I have to be okay with the work that I did when those moments are finished. Sure, I reflect on it. Sure, I examine what I could have done better. Maybe I'll add something into the next session. But was I present? Was I where my feet are? Was I attentive? Was I empathetic? Was I supportive? But did I give that person something tangible to work on when they left our conversation or our session? I used to be the guy that just hugged them and said, it'll be okay. I got your back. Now I have to be able to check those boxes when I'm done doing work with one vet on a call or 30 on a Zoom call or a presentation for 300. I've got to know, okay, did they feel heard? Did they feel supported? Was I empathetic? But most importantly, what can they do when they leave here that might put them in a better position than when they walked in here? I mean, you know, brother, you speak all over the country, right? And if you read the research on public speaking and the takeaway that people are going to get, especially larger groups, yeah, if you could touch 10% of that group, you've, you've hit a home run. Yep. Like the work we do is, is it's a game of failure, right? If we were to measure it by percentage, it's, it's, it's a game of failure. Worse, worse, worse than a kid getting sent down to the minors in baseball. You're you're batting. And we're not even batting. (laughs) You and I aren't even, we're not batting 300. Yeah. But our, our product, the product that we're trying to touch every day, is the most important product on the planet. We're talking about human beings. We're talking about people's sons and daughters, husbands and wives. So we can't call it in. We can't take a day off. Um, But what I've learned to do is when that day is done, I've got to be able to give just as much to my wife and my kids and my family as I'm giving to my fit ops family or the people I'm speaking to. I think to circle all the way back around, it takes time and practice and understanding that we can only help so much, someone so much, and if their willingness to meet us halfway, they've got to match us there. Because yeah. there's too much work to do, man. There's, there's too much work to do. There is. There is, man. And, and there's so many things you just said there that I love that I, I just want to call back for listeners. The first is about the percentages. And man, when you're trying to make an impact, quit worrying about batting 100 uh, or a thousand quit worrying about batting 300, just keep swinging because it, it's, you're playing the game. I mean, that's, I've been in business 10 years now speaking, we'll say four to five and, and yeah, man, you get 10% of an audience. That's awesome because you just want them to go make an impact on another five to 10%. And, and it doesn't matter if we ever see what they end up doing, as long as we know they ran with something. And, and so that's why when you go to big conferences, there's 10 speakers because they're hoping 10% is going to align with this person and maybe 10 to 15 with this speaker. And 
because everybody's teaching the same thing. We're just coming at it from different angles and different stories. And yeah. so quit worrying about how perfect it looks. And, and man, you don't know if somebody got impacted and just get out and get reps. And, and then the other thing you talked about is about that importance of being where your feet are and being present and, and that mindfulness of being locked into the moment. And, and what I love about that is, is you said, man, if I'm here and I'm locked in, I'm going to do the best I can with you. And then when this is over, I'll look back, man, where could I have done a little bit better? What can I improve on? I'll reflect back, but then you're on to the next moment versus right now being, you know, two hours ahead. Oh, I got a meeting this afternoon. You're thinking about that versus here, because when this finishes, you're gonna be like, I wasn't as locked in. It wasn't as good as I could have right. brought it. And that's what happens to, to most of us. And most people listening is when we fail to be in the moment, we can't give our best in the moment, which means when we look back on it, we realize we didn't give our best. And that takes us out of that, that current moment. It just creates this negative cycle versus it sure does. how do I just stay mindful to give my best? And, and that, as we talk about on the show, ending on empty, that's that idea of showing up every day, emptying yourself into that moment because it leaves you without regrets. You'll always right. have something you could have done better, but you don't regret being out of the moment. Yeah. You just, I mean, you just, framed all of that so perfectly and i think the only thing you know the one thing that i would like to just kind of reinforce yeah. and i and i'll try not to take too much time but dude as much as you want man we're here hanging out yeah the concept of you know the 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 cons this concept of failure right when we talked before about identity and purpose so we live in a world right now where unfortunately and fortunately, a lot of what we want and need is right at our fingertips. At least we think it's, it's right at our fingertips. What that does for us, though, as human beings is it makes it very, very difficult for us to fail forward and to lean into the process, right? And without using too many sort of hashtags and cliches, the bottom line is this. Whatever we feed grows, and I'm speaking specifically now about our mental strength and fitness, whatever we feed grows. So if we run into failure and we begin to define ourselves as failures, well, then we're going to have a really hard time getting out of our own way. But if we understand that failure is an essential part of the process, we're much more apt to lean into those failures and take from them what will serve us well as we continue down the path. The biggest mistake I see people make, I'm guilty of it throughout my life, not just our veterans, people in general. We view the world through the lens of other people that we think are doing really good work. And in doing so, we give them so much of our attitude, our attention, and our energy that when it comes time for us to do what we need to do to fill our pages of our book, our tank is half empty already. And so when we, re when we meet failure or we meet an obstacle, we've lost some of that grit. We've lost some of that passion. We've lost some of that persistence because we've given it to other people, places, and things. We have to place more value on ourselves first so that when we meet those obstacles and we run into that failure, we understand and embrace it as part of the process. We view this word as like this, this terrible, terrible word. It's one of the most beautiful words ever if we learn how to use it the right way. 
you know, I, and, and I, I really wanted to share that because I know your, I know your audience and I, I know who's listening and, and a lot of the people that listen, these are men and women that are striving to do great stuff every day. Right. But all of us talk to other people too. And we all have those moments, brother, where we fail and we, it ruins our day and ruins our week uh, because it becomes who we are instead of it's just something that happened to me today. Like, I'm alive. I'm breathing. I'm still. I'm still captain in the ship. What's next? You Man. know. And and it's it's so funny because this little device, as I'm holding up my phone, like it takes you out of that present moment. And I can laugh because, like yesterday, for instance, I was on Instagram. I was cleaning the account. I was looking at okay. I want to make sure who we're following right now is who are enriching. Who am I learning from? Who am you know all of that. And you see, you know, different large, really large accounts. And, and it's so quick to have that little voice pop in and be like, mm, they're doing a lot better than you are. Why aren't you at this level? Why are you not having that success? And man, years ago, that would just, I mean, that would create so much anxiety in me for the day. And then you start playing the comparison game. And yesterday, it was just the sense of what can I learn from them? They're on a different path. They're doing something completely different. Quit comparing what you're doing to what they're doing. What can you learn from it? Okay, cool. Now I can look at it from a more neutral standpoint and mindset to study and learn versus emptying part of my tank into their story and what's going on with them versus focusing on my own. And so I love how you positioned and phrased that because it's so crucial. The process, man, as someone who loved the outcome and was obsessed with the outcome, doing so takes you out of the process because you're so worried about that perfect win that you don't get through the failures and the mess and the process right. of getting better. And so, man, you just got to get in the mud and learn to love, love the fight. Yeah. And sometimes more. Yeah. And sometimes, man, we, if to me, if you are consuming more than you are producing, the balance is off. Yep. But a lot of us are afraid to produce. A lot of us are afraid to put ourselves out there because, you know, fear is a very natural human emotion and it paralyzes us. And so it's easier and more comfortable because in times of stress or conflict, our brain is always going to take us back to a place that's safe and comfortable. And so if I have these, if I have this driving passion to, to change people's lives and to, to put FitOps on the map as being the, the greatest uh, veteran organization in the country. Well, with that comes a lot of fear. So it's easier to sit back and consume what everybody else is doing than it is to produce and fail and then rework it, produce again, and maybe fail again. Cause that sucks. Nobody wants to fail. Right. But if I have that passion, what am I missing? Well, I'm missing the work. I'm missing the persistence. And I'm missing the very, very absolute likelihood that I'm going to fail a bunch along the way. And you just got to be okay with it. You just have to understand as part of the process. You'd rather, you should choose, and I know the people listening to the show do, you choose to be a champion who is going to get criticized, but you have a shot at winning versus be completely ignored and never do anything. Yeah, I, it speaks exactly to what you got, what you and your your podcast and your ethos does every 
single day. Well, and, and you're, you're right in that line, man. When today, I know that's a, a big message as part of you and what you talk about. And I, and I love it. And it, it ties obviously so well and compete because man, who cares about yesterday? Quit worrying about tomorrow. What are you going to do to show up and win today? Yeah. And we, and we've learned along the way. See, the problem is we measure wins with numbers, right? It, it's all, we, we've learned this from the time that we were, especially as athletes, but oh, if yeah. you're a, if you train, if, if you're a lifter, uh, you know, you're chasing the next number, the next progression, yep. the next volume. What we never do enough of is we never reflect and assess at the end of the day yep. and internally and then write them down. What were my wins today? Well, we never look at those because at the beginning of the day, most of us don't say, what are my goals for today? And how am I going to get there? Right? So, we got to get away from the win is, and I talk about this all the time, but we have to get rid of the words deserve from our vocabulary. We have oh, to get yes. rid of, we got to get rid of the word deserve. And what are you willing to go out and earn? To me, the ability to go out and earn those small wins, I might not measure it today. But I've learned to trust in the process that those small wins today will equal bigger wins Friday, next month, next year, right? So we have to get away from this idea that when I say win today, I don't mean like, let's throw our hands in the air and celebrate. It's not what I mean. I mean, in the quiet of our own thoughts, in the solace of our own heads and our own hearts at the end of the day, how do you measure your growth today? How did you compete against yourself today? And, and what will tomorrow look like? How can I, on the heels of today's work, and listen, you're an athlete, a lot of your listeners are athletes. Some days we go four for four, right? Some days we go 0 for 5. <laughs> Some days we're 0 for, but we show up. That's the first win of the day. That's the first win of the day. If there's snooze button people out there, you want to, your first win of the day, don't hit the snooze button. You've already broken your first commitment of the day. What's the point of setting an alarm for 5.30 in the morning if you're going to sleep till 6.30? You've just broken your first commitment of the day. And watch your and be surprised that if you are the snooze person and you set your phone an alarm and you put it across the room and you get up, even if you're tired, how more confident you feel of like, I did it. That's a win. That's it. That's a win. And those small victories, those small, deliberate, correct steps every day lead to much bigger wins. So we meet when we meet with the adversity that you and I have spent a lot of time talking about, and we meet with the failure that is going to happen. The failure does not define us. It's just a moment. It's one at bat. It's one at bat. Okay. I struck out. I flew out. But I guess what? I get to get to the plate a bunch more times before this day is over. So that's when I talk about win today with our vets and with other people, it's small wins that nobody else has to measure, but you know, because you've held yourself to a standard that's different than it was yesterday. We can't go from zero to a hundred in one day, but everybody wants to go from here to here immediately instead of falling in love with the process. Yeah. And the process, those, Micro moments in time, day after day after day, 
that's when the really good stuff happens. Well, and, and all of your vets that are transitioning into that fitness lifestyle, like they see it every, you see it every January, somebody wants to step in the gym and hasn't done anything for five, 10 years. And they want two a days. They want every day of the week there and they're going to be done in two to yeah. three weeks. How versus, long do they last? Yeah. Versus the one that's like, Hey, I can do, let me, I hadn't done it in a while. Let me do two week, two days a week or three days a week. And, and you just get them to start building that habit, teeny tiny steps. And so just man, move, just, just start move. by moving. Start by moving. It's crazy. We, we just, we discount the process because we're so fixated on the outcome and we see everybody else's quote outcome without realizing everything that went into it in the process. I mean, and, and it's, you just, I learn about it every day. You learn about, you know, another speaker who's just absolutely crushing it. You're like, man, this person came out of nowhere. And then you read something that like, Oh no, here's their story. They were with this news company and they did da, 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 da. And you're like, they're 20 years in the making. Like nobody just, comes, nobody comes out of nowhere. Nope. Nope. Nobody. It's a long road. You just may not have heard about it yet. No, nope. so. yeah, that's exactly right. What you're seeing now is what they've decided to put on Instagram for the world to yep. see. Cause that's sexy and, and everybody loves sexy. Uh, but what you don't see are the other 23 hours and 55 minutes of their day where they're working to make stuff happen. The yep. only thing that we all have the same of at the end of the day. The only thing that's equal for all of us is time. How are we going to choose to use it each? Everything other? else is a choice. Everything else is a choice. Love it. Dude, I love it. All right. So, man, we have been rocking and rolling today. For our listeners that want to learn more about FitOps, maybe they're a veteran. Maybe they know some veterans. I know we actually have some veterans uh, that listen to the show as I get to spend some time with them up in Seattle. Where can people find out about FitOps? Where can they get plugged in and follow along? Yeah, I love it. Thanks so much. If you are a a veteran or even if you're still on active duty or reserves and you have an affinity for fitness and you want to step into uh, the fitness space as a professional, check us out at fitops, F-I-T-O-P-S dot org. We take applications constantly and ongoing. Now that the world has opened up a little bit more and we're getting outside of uh, COVID-19 restrictions, our camp schedule is, is going to be up and running at full tilt. We are excited to learn more about you. Again, just check us out at fitops.org. Uh, fill out an application, see what we're all about. And we would love, love to have you down on camp. Dude, I love it, man. John, thanks for making some time to come hang out with us today on the show. I really appreciate it. Brother, this was so much fun, man. Uh, anytime. Thank you so much for having me. It was an honor. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Compete Everyday Podcast. To listen to past episodes, be sure to check out podcast.competeveryday.com. And to get in touch with the show, email us at podcast at Everybody wants to win, but not everybody's willing to compete for that victory. Since you're one who will, show up today and win. We're cheering for you.